Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For the meditation of the scriptures today, let's open the Bibles and turn to Psalm 64. Psalm 64 is a psalm of David written at a time when David was not a king, but rather he was serving as the commander of the army of King Saul. And during that period of time, he knew that Saul had become his enemy and he wanted to kill him. And Saul wanted to kill David and many of the officers of Saul had turned against David in a conspiracy as well. And this was a time when David was feeling attacked from all sides. But David turns this into a prayer and brings himself to the Lord and asks God for his protection. Dearly beloved, we need to understand that people very often give us all kind of troubles. But our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against Satan and his hosts. And the methods of our warfare are not to be carnal, but rather they are called to be spiritual. For only the spiritual weapons can bring down the strongholds that are set against us, that the enemy of our soul sets against us. And this psalm is a beautiful psalm that tells us what to do in the various battles of our life. If you see this psalm, it is divided into three sections. Verses 1 to 6 talks about David going to God in prayer and asking for his protection. And verses 7 and 8 talks about trusting in the Lord for the victory that he will ultimately give you if you are on his side. And verses 9 and 10 talks about God receiving the glory in all the outcome that he actually brings about. Let's look at the psalm meditatively and may the Lord speak to us through the meditation of the scriptures. The psalm starts like this. Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from the dread of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the throng of evildoers. Now, when David addresses the Lord by saying, hear my voice, it's not that God is not paying attention. But rather, David goes to the Lord and as a human being, he says, Lord, you need to hear when I am calling you. I am here. I need to be heard. This is a prayer that I am making in a desperate mode. The word that is meant here. Uh, as complaint, it is often translated as prayer, as trouble, etc. Meaning, it is a prayer that is a made that is made out of a contrite heart. It is a prayer that is made out of a heart that is pressed in from all sides by troubles. Now, David does not ask God to change the circumstances, but rather he is coming to God and asking Him for protection, preserve my life, hide me from the secret plots of the wicked. The main thing that David is asking us, asking the Lord to do is strengthen him so that he will be able to face these trials and troubles. Strengthen. That is the thing that the Lord wants us also to ask. Not that the persecution, not that the tribulation or the trials may be removed, but rather that we may be fortified by the word of God, by the presence of God, so that we will be able to face these challenges boldly and with faith, without fear. Now, a holy fear of God will mobilize us into action, into positive action. But a fear of man will paralyze us. And when we bring these kind of matters before the Lord in prayer, what happens is that fear of man gets completely taken away and a godly faith completely ensures us from all sides, engulfs us from all sides. The moment we bring to prayer the matters that are concerning all these kind of attacks of the enemy, what happens is the trouble is completely taken away from us, the burden is taken away from us, and a peace that God gives comes into our heart and engulfs us. It protects us.
David was at a period in his life when people were turning against him and uh, we understand that lies about David were being passed from person to person and he knew that he wasn't really safe in Saul's court. Both his life as well as his reputation were being attacked and only the Lord could actually rescue him. He says here there were secret plots of the wicked that people were making against him. What were the things that David was facing? It's quite interesting when we look at verses 3 to 6, the kind of variety of attacks that he was facing. He says here, people are wetting their tongues like swords who aim bitter words like arrows, shooting from ambush at the blameless, shooting at him suddenly and without fear. They hold fast to their evil purpose. They talk of laying snares secretly, thinking who can see them. They search out injustice, saying we have accomplished a diligent search, for the inward mind and the heart of a man are deep. Now, I really appreciate David because his insight into human character and nature and behavior was extremely deep. It is more than what a psychologist would have today. He knew his enemies so thoroughly and yet he was a person who had such spiritual control that he did not take things into his own hands to bring uh, justification for himself or to bring vindication for himself or to bring down his enemies in any way, but rather he leaves it all into the hands of the Lord. And that is something that we can also learn from. David knew what the enemy was saying and doing. And we also likewise need to know the strategy of Satan when he attacks us. As a lion when he comes to devour, as a serpent when he comes to deceive, now, one of the accusations of the evil one is, uh, one, of, one of the weapons of the evil one is accusation. And when he comes with the accusations, what do we do? David compares his enemies' tongues to that of swords and poisoned arrows. They also set traps for him, confident that no one is going to see, not even the Lord. That's what, people who are doing this are promoted by a lack of fear of the Lord. They really are practical atheists who are living as though God is absent or at least he is not seeing. Some of the traps that Saul had laid for David is very beautifully written in the scripture. He knew that the human heart was deep and cunning. There are so many dangers that he had to avoid. So what does David do? He goes to God and submits the whole thing into his hands. And I believe that the Lord strengthened David and helped him to avoid the traps and navigate the difficult times of his life in a manner that was wise. We read in the scriptures that David behaved exceedingly wisely while he was in the Saul's house, that everything that he did and said was guided and guarded by the spirit of wisdom that God had given to him. And when we are also in an adverse situation, when we are beset by so many enemies that are around us who are trying to lay traps for us, who are trying to make us slip and fall, who are watching out so that they may bring us down in a moment. At that time, dearly beloved, ask God for the wisdom and surely he will provide that wisdom because he does not want to see his anointed ones fall down and fail. He does not want us to become prey in the mouth of the people who are the predators who are over us the people who are watching out in a negative manner against us. But rather he wants us to enjoy that peace and joy that comes from knowing that God is on our side, that we are on the Lord's side and the Lord is going to help us to navigate all these treacherous waters of life very carefully. 
And that is what David did as well. And I thank God that the very same God is there active today in the lives and hearts of many people of God who are facing this kind of a difficult situation. When people are completely arrayed against you, when you feel the threats from so many enemies who are around, the Lord comes down and gives you divine wisdom so that you will know exactly what to do and exactly what to say and what not to do and what not to say. And... In verses 7 and 8, we see that David is crying out to God, trusting him for the victory. He says, for God shoots his arrows at them. They are wounded suddenly. They are brought to ruin with their own tongues turned against them. All who see them will wag their heads. David is saying, I did not move a finger against all these enemies who had set their hearts against me, but rather... The battle became the Lord's battle when I had entrusted it all into his hands. Now this is a great lesson for us because sometimes we are very good at taking up our cause for ourselves and we, uh, in the flesh we react and respond to the various accusations and attacks of the enemy and thereby we short circuit the whole thing and we prevent God from accomplishing what he would have accomplished by his sovereign will and purpose through those attacks. Now God wants to take up the battle on our behalf. So what do we do? We entrust it into the hands of the Lord. And he says, God shoots his arrows at them. They are wounded suddenly. The Lord is the one who tripped and trapped the enemies of David by the very same mechanisms that they had laid for David. God goes ahead and traps them. The very weapons that the enemy used against David, the Lord used to defeat them. And that is a very awesome thought. That is something that we need to be very mindful of. The best thing that we can do is be innocent and stay on the Lord's side and he shall fight our cause for us. Verses 9 and 10 is a section of the psalm where it reads like this. Then all mankind fears, they tell what God has brought about and ponder what he has done. Let the righteous one rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. Let all the upright in the heart exult. Now, even in the judgment of the wicked, God receives the glory. In verse 9, what that verse means is, as a nation, the entire nation watched the defeat of the enemies of David and his exaltation as the king. And what did that do to God? It brought great glory to God because many of the people who stood there, who he, they understood that this was the Lord's doing, that God's favor was upon his anointed, God's favor was upon David. And they understood that the victory that David had received was not natural but supernatural. They could not explain how uh, God was able to root out Saul and all the other enemies of David. But one thing is clear. Great fear of the Lord fell on the nation as they, as they saw that the sin of the oppressor was judged and their godly king, the God's chosen one, was vindicated. And people praised the Lord for what he had done. And as they worshipped, they meditated upon his character and his purposes and suddenly felt a holy awe because that very same character and purpose was now being extended towards Israel as well. And as a nation, they knew that they better be on the side of God so that the purposes and will of God will happen. The glory of God will be reflected in that nation itself. And finally, what do they do? They say, let the righteous one rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. Let all the upright in heart exult. Now, God is glorified when good things happen to the righteous people. I do not mean in an earthly manner because here on this earth we will have tribulation. We may undergo certain trials. 
but eventually when god takes up the case and when god vindicates his beloved when god vindicates the upright and lifts them up god will be glorified and for us what do we do until that moment we can wait in the presence of god pray to him and entrust our present days and our future into the hands of the lord and surely he will see us through whatever be the troubles and trials and difficulties you may be facing today god shall be victorious and in that victory he shall receive the glory may the lord help us through the meditation of these scriptures